Welcome to the car seat. Today we are talking with Christine Parker from Monash University. In particular, we're going to talk about food labeling and consumer choice. Um, Christine, of course, has done much wider work also on compliance uh, and enforcement literature. So, Christine, uh, you're working on food labeling in a particular area. So, can you just briefly say uh, about what your research is about? Yes, so uh, we're looking at animal welfare labeling in food but it's really a case study of food labelling because uh, the basic idea of the research is that the food label itself has become a kind of a democratic space or a potential space for democratic engagement with the food system. So uh, what myself and my collaborators are trying to do is to evaluate um, how consumers, civil society and industry and, and regulators can use the food label to um, democratically govern the food system or not, as the case may be. And you're in particular looking at uh, eggs. Eggs, uh, yes. I mean, what, what brought you to looking at the egg area, the battery hens and the free-ranging eggs and so on? Um, well, I was looking for something that um, people felt very strongly about and which where they want to change the system. So what's happened in Australia is um, there was, there's been a big campaign, as in lots of other countries, to ban battery cages because um, it's considered one of the cruelest um, and most industrialised practices of factory farming of animals, so people feel very strongly about it, but the Australian government decided not to ban battery cages um, in 2000. And when they decided not to do that, that's when the animal welfare advocacy organisations started to say to consumers, well, you should choose to buy free range eggs instead so that you can sort of change the system by voting with your shocking dollar. Uh, so since then, there's been this huge expansion in the free range egg market. Uh, it's about 40% of the retail market now. Um, and as the market has expanded, so has um, the conflict over what free range actually means. So now what we're seeing is that um, animal welfare advocates, consumer advocates, consumers, alternative farmers, they're all um, fighting over what should free range mean and what should be the standards behind that. Um, yeah, and, and so that ends up coming out on the label. They're sort of saying, well, you know, we need to label this properly and we need to define what the standards are. I mean, your research shows that every supermarket has about basically its own label and every yeah. range has its own label and nobody knows. Uh, yeah. Well, they sometimes say what the label is uh, and so on. Um, does that partly, I mean, would you say the label itself, does it constrain the discourse on how many chicken per square metre or hectare it is? Yeah. I mean, could one say is that a reduction of the debate in how yeah. one should decently or humanely treat chicken? Yes. Um, so what I've been trying to do is to um, show what's happened with these labels over time as this debate has gone on. So what we've seen is that um, as people have 
um, argued about what free range should mean. The labels have actually changed. So um, the supermarkets have stepped in and said, we should show um, what the stocking density outside is. So that's what you were just talking about. Um, so they're putting a stocking density on, on the label. Um, but what my research has suggested is that that has sort of simplified the debate. So it's narrowed down to this one issue of stocking density, which is something that consumers can understand and they can put a little thing on the label that sort of has a little chicken in a square that kind of says, okay, if it's 10,000 hens per hectare, then that's one chicken per metre and they sort of make it look like you can see what that um, means. Now that's actually completely inadequate, even com the sort of basic um, standard, but uh, government standard, but it's voluntary, is 1,500 hens per hectare. So 10,000 is many more than that. Um, but also that's only one issue. It's just a kind of an indicator. There are many other issues such as um, de-beaking of the hens, um, uh, what they're fed, um, how they're managed, how often they get to go outside, what the range is like outside, uh, um, and so on. So we sort of have a huge debate, which has become a big public issue, but it's also a narrow debate in a way because it's boiled down to one, one issue. What can regulators do in such a self? certification sort of system yeah. in either steering the discourse or are regulators happy that they've dealt with this issue in some form and now it's uh, sort of, well, possibly in the long grass uh, somewhere where the debate can simmer away but uh, they're out of it. Um, well, what's, what's happening in Australia is this is an ongoing issue. So somebody has to do something um, and the animal welfare regulators have said time and again that they're not going to do anything about this issue or they're very slowly revising the standards but they're, they're voluntary standards anyway. Um, so it was when um, consumer advocacy organisations got involved as well um, and some um, green MPs and they said okay well the animal welfare discourse isn't solving this problem so we'll shift it to the consumer protection discourse and so they've managed to persuade the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission which is our big consumer protection regulator to take enforcement action um, against some of these producers for misleading and deceptive conduct because um, the eggs that they label free range come from these large shed-based systems. So it's shifted to a consumer protection issue rather than an animal welfare issue and narrowed down to this question of stocking density which is something that sort of consumers can understand and get their minds around. Um, so that's good because the consumer protection regulator has been quite effective and also has, has quite a good understanding of the issues so they've managed to get, they've been successful in running these cases where they say well intense industrial free range where the hens are all stuffed in a barn and don't have much opportunity to go outside, That's that shouldn't be called free range. 
Um, so they've got those precedents established, but the problem is now that they don't really have an alternative standard that can actually provide guidance to the producers about what they should do to produce um, free range. And that's the situation we're stuck with now, um, that, that everybody's got to figure out what to do about it. Um, so they're talking about uh, a consumer code that sets out a definition of free range. But my, the question for my research is, well, can that, can a consumer protection oriented code that's orchestrated by the consumer protection regulator, can it actually adequately define free range in a way that addresses the full range of animal welfare issues and also environmental issues with um, factory farming? One could say there might be two um, ideas about it. One is one wants to deal with, uh, yeah. come up with a standard and then please as many yeah. as possible and then some people will never be happy and yeah. some hens will also not be happy, uh, yeah. I suspect. But uh, at the same time you might say even the debate about a standard problematizes and makes maybe certain behaviours unacceptable and drags up uh, yeah. certain kind of conduct. So I mean is that both effects would you say um, or does um, one outweigh the other? I mean, it seems to me that the debate that we've had, um, and I've been watching what's happening in the market and going and looking at the labelling every year for the last few years, so it has had an effect on slightly improving the standards, very slightly, so the stocking density has improved. So yes, it can slowly drag up the basic business standard. Um, but on the other hand, that doesn't, I don't think that's enough on its own from the evidence that I see. So it's really only going to, this is only going to be a productive process um, if what it does is shine a light on the fact that really we need to improve the basic regulation, so the public interest oriented minimum standards for animal welfare. Um, and I think that actually this debate has been so obvious and clear um, that and confused consumers and everybody so much that it, it is in a way becoming obvious that something more has to be done than just a label. So I think there's an opportunity at the moment. Um, so it's interesting that something that starts as a debate about what is meant by a label um, becomes so tricky um, and so many voices end up joining the debate that it, it starts to become obvious that some other things need to change in the system of regulation. But we're yet to see whether the change actually happens or whether interest just moves on to some other issue and we forget about it. I mean, one final question. I mean, you've done many sectors in your life yeah. and, uh, you know, so to some extent, A, how does food, how special is food when one talks about labels yeah. and debates about labels and what is sort of a value one wants to achieve? Yeah. And what in general would you therefore say when one thinks about labels and fair treatment either of animals or sort yeah. of procedures of food production or completely, you know, labour standards, what sort of would you say as a great grand advice you would offer uh, to these labels or, you know, labelling schemes in order to drag up standards and such like? 
Well, I think just to say, I think food is is a little bit special because everybody eats food, and our sort of personal identities are really tied up with the food we eat. So I think there's a lot of opportunity in food um, because people, consumers, really um, do want want to put their values and their identity onto food. So I think with food. There's more opportunity to put more on the label than perhaps with some of the other um, products. Um, but um, what's my advice? Well, I think that um, with all of these issues, um, the most important thing is that the uh, civil society advocates need to be making things and an issue, so making claims on labels an issue, so that consumers see that, but then using that pressure to actually change the basic regulatory standards. Not they shouldn't. The label should. The debate about the label should just be a step on the way to changing the regulatory system that highlights an issue. It shouldn't be about. A logo ending up on the label being the be all and end all. Christine, thank you very, very thank much. You.